today on CityCast Denver. After the year we've had, our musicians are hurting. But now that live shows are starting back up again, how do we make sure the system still works for everyone? Artists absolutely need to get paid no matter what. And so just having those safeguards in there is super important. But then that also brings up like ticket pricing. Today is Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. We're looking at another partly sunny day with highs in the mid-80s and a chance for rain and thunderstorms. On Monday, Mayor Hancock officially ordered city employees and some high-risk private sector workers to get vaccinated by the end of September. This means public and private school teachers, police officers, hospital workers, nursing home care providers, and workers at homeless shelters and jails are also getting the vaccine order. Obviously, there are consequences for not following the order. And, um, you know, we, you know, this would not be an order if you didn't have the consequences and be willing to follow through with them. And, you know, there might be some folks who may lose their jobs behind us. We recognize that. Last week, The Hollywood Reporter broke the news that Matt Stone and Trey Parker were trying to buy Casa Bonita. While the story made it sound like the sale of Colorado's little Mexican village in a strip mall was a done deal, it seems that the restaurant's parent company, Summit Family Restaurant Incorporated, is not interested. TMZ reported that since Casa Bonita filed for bankruptcy, many folks have reached out about a possible purchase of the restaurant, but the South Park bros were not among them. We here at CityCast feel so confused by this news and really wish Matt and Trey would just call us back so we could straighten this whole thing out. It seems like we're at a point in the pandemic where live music is really starting to amp up again. You've got big music festivals making their return across the country. And here in Denver, music lovers are getting ready for the underground music showcase at the end of the month. But as the dust settles from the last 16 months, what are Denver musicians coming back to? What's left of the scene? Good to see you, Bree. I know. Good to see you, too. Good old Zoom. Good old Zoom. <laughs> here we are again. So I wanted to catch up with my friend Bruce Trujillo, who's a Denver music scene expert. She hosts the radio show Especial on Indie 1023 and recently took a new job as concert director at Swallow Hill Music, a nonprofit venue that books local and national artists, usually in the folk and acoustic genres. Oh, and in her free time, Bruce is putting together DIY shows with musicians of color all over the city. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Bree. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So what are some challenges you're facing booking concerts and supporting the local scene in this new way in this particular moment? What we are doing is just really hoping that things are going to continue the way they are, uh, as in opening back up. Um, so we are booking as many bands as we can right now. It's going to be slimmed down for a little while. This fall and winter, it's going to be at Swallow Hill. There's usually around 250 shows per year. Wow. That's yeah. There's a ton of music that we, we like to do, but that's just not feasible just because of the pandemic. Also because I'm stepping into this role and there's, you know, that transition time that has to happen. But, um, you know, we're going forward as if we can go forward in normal times. So looking forward to next year when we can really bring back that much music. People are not necessarily out on tour just yet. So it's been a lot of fun to just bring back local musicians and see them for the first time in a year and a half. We're ready for live music and we know that 
our community is ready for live music as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really cool that you have such an emphasis on local artists personally, that just your connection to the community. And I, I have that same connection. And But sometimes I find it's hard to draw folks in who aren't already connected to the local scene to say like, this is, you're going to love this band. Like, mm-hmm. trust me, you've never heard them before. They don't, you know what I mean? It's this weird thing where you say local and sometimes people are like, eh, I'm not that interested. And you're like, no, but I promise it's going to be like life changing. <laughs> like some of my favorite shows I've ever been to are people that I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Agreed. And I think that that's something that I'm really hoping to do by having different acts come in and open for these larger bands that are coming through because that's that's the way that the the people that are not as involved in the community are going to discover these artists that's how we do that you know we have to support all of these local artists because then they get these bigger and better opportunities and then hopefully get to move on to just being like well known in the community and tapped for all of these different things that are happening and get more eyes on them yeah absolutely and as someone that works with local artists i know that you are a huge supporter of, of fair pay, of making sure that artists are compensated. But I, I wonder how you think about the challenge of keeping music accessible versus paying artists enough to support their art. Right. Working in like a um, nonprofit kind of things, it, that's also a big, that's historically been something that's been difficult. Like, oh, well, we, they can like donate their time or their, you know, their set right. or whatever. And that's just, that is not something that can happen anymore. Um, if you are looking to book an act, you better have some sort of payment. Artists absolutely need to get paid no matter what. And so just having those safeguards in there is super important. But then that also brings up like ticket pricing, right? Because everything is going to be, everything has to be covered within those ticket costs usually. So opening the doors, getting people paid because on the the back end as well. Yeah, I mean, it takes a whole community. I think folks don't necessarily think about that when we look at how much it costs to put on a show. So a few weeks ago, we had a couple guests on the show from the um, new Colorado Musicians Union. And they were mostly talking about the sexual assault allegations against jam band promoter Jay Bianchi. But they were also talking about this new union. And their big push is for local venues to commit to paying acts $100 per musician per night. What do you think about that? I want to support it. I would love to see that in a perfect world that would happen. But especially when you're talking about local venues, local independent venues anyways, like they have also just gone through the past 16 months like the rest of us. They had nothing. They couldn't do anything or they had to get really creative and be like, yeah, we'll have a food truck and then like two tables outside and that's going to be us being open. So at least coming out of the pandemic, I don't know if that's going to be feasible. Um, Having different guarantees? Absolutely. And I think venues want to do that as well. Now, when we talk about venues that are booked by AEG or Live Nation, yeah, they they should absolutely do that because AEG and Live Nation have that money to be able to support local bands and musicians. But unfortunately, we just don't see that anyways. That wasn't Mm -hmm. happening in the before times. A lot of the musicians here in Denver are very good musicians and they deserve that kind of money. Absolutely. it's just, you know, how, where is that money going to come from and how is it going to happen is going to be the challenge. Uh, but I fully support it. If I, if I could give them all of that money, I, I would myself. 
just having it out in the open. I think that's a big part of it is just talking about it, talking about money, exactly. which artists are really not great at doing. They are not. <laughs> Please advocate for yourselves, my friends. Yes. Uh, because and, and that's the other thing, too, is like if you don't advocate for yourself and if you don't advocate for the people next to you, then other folks are going to be taken advantage of. They may be given these great opportunities, but paid in exposure, which doesn't do anything. pay for anything else. So before local artists often even get to a venue like Swallow Hill, many are playing smaller DIY or do-it-yourself venues as they build an audience and work on their on their art. What's your sense of how DIY venues are doing in Denver right now? I think it, especially as real estate continues to price artists out and the pandemic has impacted how we gather as a community. It's always fun to be like, oh, there's a brand new like DIY venue like Glitter City. Well, now Glitter City has to shut its doors because their rent went up as well. Mm. And so it's harder and harder to find those spaces that are actually true venues where people can go that aren't somebody's basement or backyard because it is kind of daunting walking into a big venue, right? And being like, I don't I don't know what I need. I don't. Yeah. I've been playing in my garage for the past two years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're part to me it's a, it's an ecosystem, right? There's you have to have those beginnings, those spaces where you can try stuff out. I think that's something that folks don't think about when we think about the cities, the city changing and things getting more expensive is like it just literally gets more expensive to have the space to create. Indeed. Yeah, and I you know that that goes along with like practice spaces too. I think that DIY yeah. venues are also open to that like the shining light out of all of this is that Denver is still a very super supportive music scene. And so even if there aren't those DIY venues, there are folks that are like, oh, I saw this band perform and now they're going to open for us. I think like Colfax Speed Queen is really great at that, which is wonderful. So there's at least that, even if there isn't those spaces where people can like go and just get started. Yeah. Yeah. So say 10 years ago, you could like maybe 12 years ago, you could work at a coffee shop, you could have an apartment or living space, and you could have a practice space. Well, now, no one can do that. I mean, you can't, you physically can't afford to do that if you're able to work at all right now. Mm -hmm. You know, so do you think that that impacts the types of music that we're seeing come out of Denver? Or are you still seeing a good diverse mix of artists? I am amazed at how many good acts are still coming out of Denver. And I think that part of that, you know, even going into this past year and a half, folks are making music at their house. People are able to do what, you know, like do those Zoom meetings and share files online. And so I think with having to go digital for the past year and a half, that's made things actually kind of, uh, there's like a new resurgence of music that's happening and crazy collaborations too. Even though we don't have these spaces, we at least have this online space to be able to make stuff and make different connections that normally wouldn't happen. And you're also seeing yeah. that on a national level, which is super fun, like Angel Olsen and Sharon Van Etten, like they they knew each other before they got together, but then like the power of the internet made this amazing new single happen between the two of them. So I'm grateful that we have at least some way where people can cheaply get together and still yeah. make super amazing music. That's a great way to think about it. I really like that's that makes me much more optimistic. <laughs> There's hope, Brie. <laughs> 
So it's August, which means the Underground Music Showcase is coming up at the end of the month, which is typically a very big thing for the local music community. Mm -hmm. Every year is, is special, but especially this year as we return from the pandemic, there's always this conversation about who's playing and who's not locally. Mm-hmm. And also nationally, actually, if we want to look at it, because I think it's grown quite a bit with its national recognition. What do you think about this year's uh, UMS lineup? UMS is my favorite weekend of the year. I am so excited. This this year's lineup is really interesting. First off, it's about half of what it's been in the past, you know, five years. They used to tell like over 300 bands and there's a little less than 200 this year, which is fine. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And there's there's also less spaces for folks to play right along South Broadway um, as South Broadway is getting gentrified mm-hmm. as South Broadway venues have closed. But then there's some new ones that are popping up as well. So it's um, the lineup itself is very interesting because I think it's probably one of the most diverse I've seen. A lot more femmes, a lot more black indigenous people of color throughout the lineup and a lot of new brand new faces that have never played UMS, which is super exciting because that's part of what the underground music showcase is right is like this space to go and discover new artists and i yeah. i mean when i think of local bands that i've i was introduced at ums naoma kiltro los mocochete like some of these acts that are just like um you know they're they're staples in the music community now you know there's that that balance that i think they've had to do this year where it's like how many new acts do we want to feature versus how many people can we invite back that have played it for the past five eight 10 years yeah even if they're still making new music it's i do not envy whoever had to book ums this year because also like i said denver is still making a ton of great music whether they've been here a year or 15 so um it'll be it'll be interesting this year for sure yeah definitely i mean i think it's like any festival it's got growing pains and it has to evolve and change but to me i see an opening there for another festival you know, and I think that's something that like people have been saying, like, if you're not going to be at UMS, if you weren't invited back, throw a festival like we yeah. we have seen that we had that's how UMS got started. You know, like totally. we're going to just like throw these shows outside on South Broadway and it's going to be great. Yeah. Create. I always say create the thing that you want to see. You know, mm-hmm. what's the festival that you would want to play? Like make it create yep. it. Yep. So let's let's end our conversation with a couple of recommendations. What are a couple of bands or live shows that you're looking forward to seeing this summer? Um, oh goodness, this is where. <laughs> and I hate when I put people on the spot like that, or like bands that you've been you want to see more of, or that you haven't seen yet. Okay, so finally got to see Ritmo Cascabel this past weekend, and they blend together like cumbias and kind of surf rock, kind of punk rock. It's it's this wonderful like Latin fusion. Also, Cateria, she is a pop artist originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico. She released her debut EP earlier this year. She's got a couple of different singles out. Uh, I absolutely love her sound and she's, I think she's super fresh and just really catchy. So I'm super excited to see her live. Um, she's also recording some new music in San Juan. And also the Mañanas, I was introduced to them last year. They released their debut EP, Cheers, earlier this year. Just a duo, but they're making this super fun, catchy rock. And uh, yeah, they've they've been doing a couple of shows here and there, but 
I, I foresee them doing a lot more. There's, there's no shortage of good music coming out right now, and um, especially folks that are going to be super exciting to see live. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. Thank you, Bree. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. If you want to experience some of Bruce's handiwork, I've heard great things about Swallow Hill's Alfresco series at the Botanic Gardens. It's all local artists in a beautiful setting, and Bruce is booking all of the acts. And before we go, an exciting announcement. Drum roll, please. CityCast Denver is going to be at the Underground Music Showcase this year. We'll have more details to come, but we're cooking up something special, and I'm so excited to get into the community and connect with you. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Oops, hold on. Let me turn off my Slack. All right. <laughs>